Thanks to Handy for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Handy is a cleaning service that provides an easy and convenient way to book home cleaning on a schedule that works for you. To get your first three-hour cleaning for $39 when you sign up for a plan, visit handy.com fool and use the promo code fool during checkout. It's Monday, August 6th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio, Jason Moser in the house. Happy Monday. Hey, hey. Uh, we've got some earnings. We got some Berkshire Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Isn't it just perfect that Berkshire Hathaway just sort of sneaks in there? I love it. Like it is so emblematic of Buffett and the way he runs that company that it's like Friday after the market closed, very quietly we're going to drop the drop the release, and we'll get to that, and we'll get to and try to figure out what in the world is happening with Facebook's latest foray into banking. <laughs> um, we got to start with the with the news fairy news, and that is that uh, Pepsi announced. CEO Indra Nooyi is stepping down in October. This will mark 12 years that Nooyi has been CEO of Pepsi. She's going to stay on as chairman of the board of directors through early 2019. Uh, Ramon LaGuarta um, is going to be promoted up to CEO. Um, When you think about her track record, 12 years, I mean, it's the thing that struck me when I was sort of digging around this morning is. How closely shares of Pepsi tracked the S and P 500? Yep. While she was CEO. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is, and this this is. I'm not trying to to give the incoming uh, management any sort of a uh, black marks or or challenge here, but man, I would not want to be filling her shoes. <laughs> I mean, she set the bar really, really high. So to me, this is a really big loss for Pepsi. I think it's really hard to overstate that, and I think a lot of that just goes back to that track record you mentioned. I mean, for the longest time, yeah, PepsiCo more or less more or less tracked the S and P. It's only the last couple of years where we've seen a little bit of a drop off in the performance. I mean, she's she's obviously hitting a point in her life where maybe she wants to go do other things or focus on family or or other worldly issues. I think she probably looked at the the task that that. Is is ahead for this company and in the industry in general, and thought, you know what? I think I've done what I can do here, and I don't want to get stuck in this multi-year headwinds battle that I may not really be able to ultimately win anyway, or or at least make some some meaningful impact that she hasn't already done for the company. So, um, I mean, the company itself is in very good condition; it's in good shape. I love the fact we talk about it all the time that they have that diversity in the salty snacks division with Frito Lay. I mean, that goes all the way back to I think 1965 or something when that first uh, all came about. But but to me, the loss of Nuyi as a leader beyond just what she's done with this company, she's she's. She's a leader in every sense of the word, and I mean very openly communicative. Really praises employees, uh, believes in 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 really her company playing a bigger role in the world than just making profits for Wall Street on a quarterly basis. So just just a leader in every sense of the word. We talk a lot about conscious capitalism, and and I think she has a lot of the qualities that really fit in that mold. You mentioned Frito Lay, and when I think about her tenure as CEO, one of the things I'm going to hopefully remember. Um, but one of the things I thought when I saw this news that she was stepping down was about at least a couple of times during her tenure as CEO, activist investors coming forward, really sort of trying to push her to make a splashy spinoff, saying, "Look, spin off Frito Lay and focus on beverage." And I think there was also someone who came in and said. 
forget the beverage, you know, <laughs> spin off the beverage, focus on Frito Lay. And to your point about her leadership, she said, no, we are a stronger company with these divisions working together. Um, and yeah, to your point about the you know the the recent performance of of Pepsi, but also this industry. I mean, here's a short list of companies dealing in food and beverages who have gotten new leadership over the last two years: Coca-Cola, Mondelez, Kellogg's, Campbell's Soup, Haines Celestial, General Mills, and Smuckers. I don't think it's any accident. I mean, this is this is starting to be a, a much more challenging industry than it used to be. And yeah, to to your point, I think she just said, you know what, I've had a heck of a good run, and I'm I'm taking I'm riding off into the sunset. Good I for mean, her. yeah, I think she's 62 years old. I mean, I, I I can't blame her at all. I mean, if she sticks around, I mean, she's more or less gearing up for at least another five years of trying to deal with a market where the competitive forces are only growing, consolidation is becoming more and more a factor, prices continue to get pushed down. I mean, the profitability for businesses like these just become more and more difficult. It becomes more and more difficult as time goes on. And obviously, we know the challenges that soda faces. Well, you know, Pepsi is really well known for soda. Now, thankfully for them, they have a number of different ways to make their money. And I think that's ultimately what should leave investors in PepsiCo today feeling good about the future. I think the company is set up to continue to succeed, but it is absolutely going to be a very difficult market going forward. And if you're looking Looking for that top five list of stocks where you want to put new money. I mean, even if New Year is still at PepsiCo, I don't know that I put PepsiCo on that list ultimately because of the market itself. It's not a company thing; it's a market thing. Uh, interesting to me, Ramon Laguarda becomes the sixth, or will become in October, the sixth CEO in company history. Every CEO has been promoted from within. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we like to see that, and I mean, it gives you an understanding that they. See the value in having someone who's already very familiar with the company, and someone I think who's been able to at least work under uh, Miss Nuyi's tutelage. I mean, you just can't say enough good things about yeah. her. We would be so <laughs> so much better off if we had more leaders like her uh, around the world. Honestly, shares of Berkshire Hathaway up a little more than three percent this morning. Uh, as mentioned, they dropped their uh, earnings release, uh, second quarter profits. They dropped that Friday afternoon after the market closed. Second quarter profits higher than expected. Looks like their insurance business is bouncing back. Yeah, yeah. It looks like uh, everything is, as Ron might say, firing on all cylinders. I think the old saying goes, "There's strength in numbers," and that's uh, one of one of Berkshire Hathaway's big uh, strengths. There, it has a lot of numbers that make up what they're doing, and so we saw strength across the board in railroads, insurance, investments, even energy, uh, which can be a little bit more volatile at times. Uh, we saw recently where they adjusted their repurchase strategy, and for a while. It was they would repurchase shares within that 20% premium to book value. Uh, they changed that essentially to uh, basically their own discretion, Warren and Charlie's discretion with the input of, of those close to them. And I think that makes sense. I mean, they're like, hey, listen, rules? <laughs> we don't need no stinking rules. Uh, so they just are going to buy back shares when they feel like it suits. Um, and to that point, I did take a look at the 10 Qs here this quarter compared to last quarter. Just to see what the share count looked like, um, and it was it was notable. I think when you see A shares, which are the big five hundred thousand dollars shares, that that share count was actually down a little bit more than thirteen thousand shares from last quarter. B share count went up a little bit. 
actually, but when you look at the math, the the dollar volume there, there was about six and a half billion dollars in that A share repurchase. So that that actually worked out for them. I think that again, you look at the strength of the business and its diversity of revenue streams, and let's not forget just a tremendous investment portfolio. A lot of different companies, public companies that they have in their public companies that we like. And to that end, Chris, I've got a little market foolery trivia today for our listeners and anybody else who wants to participate. Dan, <laughs> you're in here too if you want. What company does Berkshire Hathaway not own in its investment portfolio? What company does Berkshire Hathaway not own? And I feel that we've got Mac there behind the glass. This is very suiting for one of the companies I chose. I didn't know he was going to be here. <clears throat> so we have Visa, SiriusXM, PayPal, and Costco. One of those companies is not in Berkshire Hathaway's investment portfolio. Dan, you want to take the first whack at that? Just one is not in. One is not. Can I get them again, real quick? Visa, SiriusXM, PayPal, and Costco. I'm going with PayPal. Uh, Mac, you want to? Uh, Mac is going Mac with SiriusXM. He's holding up the sticky note there. SiriusXM. Well, I, I don't. I don't think we reveal the answer now. I think we let our listeners kind of go to town and see what they think, and maybe we, uh, you know, maybe we we take some email or we take some tweets or maybe we put a poll out there on Twitter. I don't know. Absolutely, Market we can reveal the answer to you guys after we finish taping. Marketfoolery <laughs> at fool dot com, and uh, well, yeah, we'll put that up on Twitter as well. I'm going to just guess Costco just to just to mix it up here. Um, one more thing on Berkshire Hathaway. Buffett has said in the past that he likes to have a cash reserve of about twenty billion dollars. I feel the same way in my personal life, by the way. Um, so he's like, yeah, let's let's have about twenty. But they have a hundred ten billion dollars in cash right now. Yeah. How how badly do you think he is itching to buy something? I think he's itching, but I think this really goes to speak. Uh, this speaks to his. His ability to, to to be patient. I mean, I think there are a lot of businesses out there that he would love to own, uh, but only at the right price. And I mean, the market has just been on fire here for the last like <laughs> decade, really. So I mean, I think there are a lot of businesses out there that he'd like to own, <clears throat> McCormick. And so we'll just kind of see how that all works out for him. But yeah, it's nice to have that kind of reserve. Quick shout out to Handy. Get your home clean, people. Over 3 million cleanings done, and all of Handy's services are backed by the Handy Happiness Guarantee. If you're not satisfied with the quality of the service, then Handy will send another pro at no charge for your next booking to get it right. You can book home cleanings on your schedule right from the app or website. Tell Handy the number of bedrooms and bathrooms in your home, and pick the date and time you'd like your home clean. And Handy will match you with one of their top-rated pros, or you can read real customer reviews and select the pro that you would like to hire. And with Handy's clear upfront pricing, what you see is what you pay. You can pay securely on the app. And we'll get to the security of online payments in just a moment. You can pay securely on the app. No need to worry about cash or checks. The booking process is simple. Um, I went through this, had a professional come to my house. He was actually a few minutes early, wow. which I really liked. And I thought, wow, this is so different That's from service. the cable industry. Um, and he <laughs> asked me a few questions, and he got right to work. It was great. It was great. And, uh, and I get the credit for the cleaning. Outstanding. <laughs> uh, get your first three hour cleaning for $39. When you sign up for a plan, visit handy.com slash fool. Use the promo code fool during checkout. Recurring charge terms and conditions apply, which are outlined on the site. That is handy.com slash fool. Use the promo code fool to get your first three hour cleaning for $39. 
The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Facebook is talking to banks about a new feature that would incorporate your bank information to Facebook Messenger. This reportedly would only be in Facebook Messenger. This would not be on the larger Facebook platform. No, thank you. Yeah, because I mean, I totally trust what these guys are doing. <laughs> I said this to you earlier when we were chatting about this. I saw this headline in my Twitter feed when I was multitasking this morning, and my in the moment reaction was, that can't be real. Because one of the things we've <laughs> it talked about. sounds so absurd. <laughs> one of the things we've talked about, and we've talked on Market Foolery and on Motley Fool Money about uh, all of the, you know, the privacy uh, you know privacy challenges that facebook has undergone over the last 6 to 12 months and one of the things that you've said Matt Argusinger has said this and others is well among other things this is going to really pump the brakes on payments because facebook was interested in getting into payments and this is really going to pump the brakes on that and uh, it appears that maybe it has in terms of this is not a direct payment platform they're not launching their own Challenger to PayPal, but my goodness, this seems tone deaf. <laughs> well, so I can see, I can, you can just see the the discussions going on in the Wells Fargo executive suite now. They're like, all right, guys, it's been a tough couple of years. I mean, when it comes to losing our customers' trust, we are batting a thousand. Something <laughs> has got to change. And then, like some executive in the in the back corner, is like, I got it. Let's share our data with Facebook. That'll work. And I mean, like you, I had to look at my watch here real quick to make sure I had the date because it seemed like it's an April Fool's joke. But I mean, I'm not so naive as to believe that data isn't basically accessible at any time, anywhere at this point, and that any party, nefarious or otherwise, is looking for it and can get it. I mean, I understand that. I also don't believe, I'm not so naive to believe that Facebook doesn't want to use this data. To make right, I don't believe that Facebook wants to use this data to make people's lives better. I don't think they're doing this in the name of making your life better. And I think that's my ultimate problem here. Is I think they're I think they're talking out of both ends, and and they talk about the fact that they're not going to use this to target ads for their consumer their their users or whatever. And I think that's BS because that's their entire business model to this point. I mean, that is their entire business model, is to take data and then serve you ads. That's what they do. And I'm not begrudging that. That's fine. Um, I'm not going to be a part of it. Like, I just don't, I don't, I don't use Facebook or Messenger or any of that stuff. I think one of the best things I ever did was completely deleting my existence from their platform because I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. Zuckerberg and Sandberg together. I, I can't throw them probably two feet, Chris. <laughs> and that's, you know, I don't trust them at all. And, and so for me, Banks would be very—they would be very well served to say thanks, but no thanks, because to my mind, when it comes to money, for most people, money is one of the most important things, if not the most important thing. I mean, there's health and happiness and all of that combined, but I mean, money is a way to get you a lot of those things in some way, shape, or form. So when it comes to money and finance, privacy matters a lot. We need to make sure that we're being protected. And I'm not saying everybody's doing a great job of doing that, but this is so outside of Facebook's wheelhouse, they shouldn't be fiddling with this at all. And I can't imagine this ends well. And perhaps this is just something where they're putting the feelers out there and then they ultimately decide, let's not mess with it. 
But if I if I'm a big bank, I'm saying thanks, but no thanks. You guys go figure this out some way else. Well, I understand it from Facebook's uh, side of things in this regard that they're dealing with engagement that is dropping. Right. They are looking for greater ways to use Messenger. And so, I understand sort of the genesis of this idea. To your point about trying to make people's lives better, it's pretty easy for me to imagine someone at Facebook saying, hey, here's how it makes people's lives better. It simplifies any sort of payment process. So, so I understand that, but to but to the point you were making about the banks, that's that's the part that I don't really understand here. Like, are banks so hard up for data, because that's ultimately what they would get out of this. And I sort of feel like if I'm forget Wells Fargo, if I'm any bank, I'm looking to optimize my own bank's app experience. I'm yeah. looking to make. My website as secure and streamlined as possible. Same for my app. So I, that's that's it to me. Unless I'm really struggling. No, I, I mean I think I think you know what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I mean I don't think this is something that I don't think this is something that Facebook can do better than companies that already exist today are doing. Like I don't know why this would prompt someone to discontinue using PayPal. Or Square and go over and just start doing all of this stuff on Messenger, and and to that end, when it comes to big banks, I think big banks. I mean, they all have a lot of data. I think big banks' data is far more meaningful because that is actual in stone data. You made this purchase at this time from this place versus Facebook, where you maybe liked something or scrolled through something and you 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 qualified as an engagement metric for a specific ad that you scrolled through. It's it's less concrete. So I think that banks have far more concrete data and ways to use that data. And perhaps it's just a matter of, of sort of a changing of the guard there from from Older executives to younger, more tech-oriented executives, but I think that's why PayPal and Square are companies that are going to really help dictate uh, this next de- decade and beyond when it comes to uh, finance and, and purchase behavior and whatnot, because those are businesses that are built uh, on the foundation of data and using that data to actually uh, make consumers' lives better. That to me is just so far outside of what Facebook does, and, and I'm not saying that to dog Facebook. I mean, Facebook is. It's obviously a very big company. They've done a lot of things right to this point. I mean, it's a five hundred billion dollar company, something like that. But this, I just don't understand why any consumer out there would give them the benefit of the doubt to trust them with with their finances. I mean, to me, that is just. I don't consider it naive on my part either. I mean, I embrace technology for the most part. It just this is so far outside of their wheelhouse. I just don't understand how they gain any traction here. But yeah, I've seen crazier things too. Well, and I think it's a sign that that maybe you and I are are out of step with people who are trading shares of Facebook today because the stock's up nearly four percent on this news. Well, Chris, let's just <laughs> always remember that in the short run. The market is a voting machine, but in the long run, it's a weighing machine, right? And we're looking to weigh our companies, so we'll focus on the, on the longer haul. I think we wrap up there. Yes, sir. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.